0: Politics As Usual is a global partners governance podcast brought to you by gpgovernance.net.
1: Hello and welcome to the Politics As Usual podcast. This week my interviewee is Gordana Komic, who is a Serbian politician and deputy speaker of the Serbian parliament, a post she was first elected to in 2000. As you'll hear, she's been at the centre of a country that's gone through enormous changes in the last few decades. As with many of the people that I've interviewed for this podcast, it wasn't her original expectation that she would end up in politics. Born in the late 1950s, she trained as a physicist, and as you'll hear, this was her driving passion. As she puts it in the interview, physics is the second most creative thing that you can do, with politics being the most creative. However, her desire to pursue physics was derailed by the political changes going on around her. The fall of the Iron Curtain saw countries that had, until that point, been part of the Soviet Union, develop new forms of political life. And that transition is always precarious, but the impact in Yugoslavia was greater than anywhere else. As the country initially divided itself into separate entities, not least Serbia, Croatia, Bosnia and Kosovo, and descended into a war that lasted throughout the 1990s, a conflict characterised by genocide and persecution, and which gave the world phrases such as ethnic cleansing. Gordana describes the difficulty of simply living life in such a context. She talks of what she calls the narcissism of small differences that lay beneath many of the ethnic tensions, and the difficulty of simply getting everything that you needed when the shops were empty to start with, but also when, if you're paid a salary at 10am, you find out it's worthless by 10.15 because of the rampant inflation caused by the mismanagement of the country, and which in turn means you need to go to the market to buy German currency because you know that was going to hold its value. She became active in politics through the Democratic Party, which was the main opposition to Slobodan Milosevic from 1990. And the Democratic Party was elected to government in 2000 under the leadership of Zoran Jinjic, who became president and who was a friend of Gordana and who was clearly an inspirational figure in the democratic movement. He was assassinated in 2003, uh, which seems to be at the instigation of organised crime groups in Serbia. And Gordana talks in the most moving terms about the impact of that murder on her and on Serbian politics more broadly. Throughout the interview she also talks about the very human dimension to politics, the importance of keeping a family out of it, the need to bring in more women into political life and the personal beliefs that keep driving her on. As she puts it towards the end of the interview, if we stop dream building in politics then we are doomed. It is a fascinating insight into what has happened in Yugoslavia in recent years but also an enlightening explanation of what politics feels like in such uncertain contexts. All told, with an irrepressible good humour and in the gravelly tones of the practised smoker that Gordana is. I hope you enjoy. You've seen a lot of change in your lifetime.
0: Well, former Yugoslavia was the country that had foundations in Berlin Wall, and it was obvious to me at the time in the 80s, the end of the 80s, that once Berlin Wall fell, that that country will dissolve. But there was no necessity for the country to dissolve in in wars, in atrocities, in Mm. war crimes, in such a level of destruction. That was a cold-blooded political decision. And that was also obvious to me back in 1987 when Slobodan Milošević took over the Serbian Communist Party. What is tragic is that I didn't see it coming Mm. I loved physics. It's the, the second most creative thing you can be de- dealing with. The first one is politics. And I wanted to be, you know, lecturing physics, showing kids how the beautiful is to be curious about physics. And all of a the sudden, there was the guy in the television sending messages that there will be a war in my country. Mm-hmm. And um, that's the moment where I joined politics. I joined Democratic Party after the meeting that Zoran Džičić held in, in Novi Sad. to so what year was that? Uh, it was 1919. Okay. And uh, what I witnessed and participated was uh, enormous will of people to survive, actually. Mm-hmm. We are survivors. And when you look back in 2017, then you see clearly that back in late 80s, people of Yugoslavia had common market, had one-party system that could have been reformed, had that called Brotherhood and Unity, and had uh, custom uh, union, etc., and they didn't like it. Mm. And 27 years later, we have separate states and we don't like it. Mm. So it is the problem of societies that we live in that are revengeous. And that's what actually I'm fighting against. Mm. Uh, being revengeous and being inferior to the developed world, choosing to be periphery because revenge is the name. Myth is the name. The ethics of good intentions is the narrative. Mm. Not responsibility, not dialogue, not creating a common future with separate states or whatever the name would be not having the courage to transfer from ethic of good intentions to ethic of responsibility.
1: So w- was it that, that fear of um, of war, of the breakup of the country, which, which forced you into politics? And because, the, the, you know, 1989-1990 the, the was when everything changed in, in Yugoslavia. The Democratic Party, I think, was was re-established in yes, 1990. Yes, the first one
0: in, 1990, in 1899,
1: December. Uh, These no. days. But, uh, uh, but it, was it that principally which drove you? was it
0: No. Um, it was about the violence. Hmm. You could grab the violence in my society at the time with your nails... Uh, was, that, was that just
1: a, a, that was a product of Yugoslavia suddenly being free and different groups within Yugoslavia wanting their own identity, independence?
0: The problem is that the perception is that it was all about nationalism. Mm. And from Serbian side, no, it was not. Serbian nationalism was just a tool. It was about communism. It was about a group of very strong people who uh, ruled intelligence, army, police, all the forces in the society uh, to try to keep communism alive. And that was stupid. And that actually went through using the nationalistic rhetoric, using violence in verbal communication, but also using violence in the field. That was inevitable. Mm. That's why we... We lost more than 100,000 people who were dead. That's why we have 700,000 refugees who migrate from Serbia, from Bosnia to Serbia, from Croatia to Serbia, from Serbia to Croatia. That's why we have tens of thousands of people who fled to seek for a better life all abroad. That's why we had Kosovo as a place of atrocities, of, of showing muscles of evil forces of the state upon their own citizens, just because they wanted to have a kind of communism. And um, other part of of, uh, participants in war, they were not devoted to communism. So that was a real dispute. And nationalism was just a tool. And uh, the, the end is obvious. We lost the war... We lost uh, the idea of being a nationalist in Serbia is something decent that a person can say, I am. We lost Kosovo, and uh, we are all the time on the edge hmm. to lose the future as a whole. And I think without European Union integration, we would.
1: Hmm. And, and just going, going back... Um, you know, you you, you said you, you became a joined the Democratic Party in 1990. But prior to that, growing up in what was Yugoslavia, um, you trained as a physicist. Yes, is that right? So, and how old were you when the, the, the in 1990? In at what point in your career had you got to there? Was there was there any sort of inkling or expectation that this is the way that the world was heading? How were you thinking? What, what was it like growing up in Yugoslavia in the first place?
0: Well. Um... That state was something in between with foundation in Berlin Wall and with the communist leader that was hedonist. Mm. Comrade Tito was hedonist. Cigars, good wines, uh, girls and everything else. And that actually produced our way of socialism. So we were able to travel around mm. and I used that chance. And with interrail cards, and Backpack on my back and friends. For ten, nine years, I was traveling throughout Europe, Northern Africa, Iran, East, uh, Russia, because we could see everything, because we could go everywhere. And I and deeply you believe as a young person to, yes, to that sort of traveling? Yes, yes. Uh, because that, that's something that was a, a, a common way in Voivodina, where I grew up, uh, to see the world. That's a kind of a traces of mother monarchy of Austro-Hungarian to to be the part of the world because they wanted to present themselves at 19th century like the most powerful empire in the world that conquers the world. Something like United Kingdom, but (laughs) German way. Um, And uh, those uh, traveling were enriching me but also showed me the difference of how people lived mm. in different countries and back home. And I was always um, in a sense that it's not just, you know, to prosecute journalist or a writer in back home just because he said something. So what? Mm. Leave the lunatic alone. I mean, why jail the, the writers? But that's how it, it uh, it's made my reality clear to me that uh, authoritarian spirit of my society is something what prevents all the potentials and resources of the society to really grow up. Mm. And that was something what I could measure in the former republic of Yugoslavia because all the parts of Communist Party actually conquered their republics. We were not a communist party. We were a group of six or eight communist parties. Mm. And they had their own clashes. And in Vojvodina, they were more towards opening itself uh, up, of development in Slovenia as well. But in Central Serbia, no. And then I saw Serbia. We are like Europe in small Northern part, above Danube and Sava, we have Austro-Hungarian or German Mm. tradition of running affairs, Mm. whatever it may be. Below the Danube and Sava, it's French way. And actually, we don't have a dialogue. And they don't like us. And we do not understand them. And that's the case in Croatia as well, the southern part of Croatia, Istra and Mediterranean coast, they're totally different from the northern part of Croatia. Not to talk about Bosnia. And I thought, why not having it as, uh, as something that, that can enrich all of us instead of dissolving it in, in bloodshed, in mud mm-hmm. of, of of hatred and what, what we have done. So that was my idea of... Where do I live? And personally, at the 80s, I, I didn't uh, think to get married. It was not attractive. to me. why should you get married? <laughs> um, and I thought, OK, if I can't do my physics back home, I will find a way to do it elsewhere.
1: So why couldn't you do physics in, in Serbia?
0: Well, because uh, you could deal with it in the late 70s or early 80s. But afterwards, nobody paid attention on science or research on university, culture, education. It was a forgotten field for everyone in the state. What was important was war and uh, hatred and uh, not being uh, able to live with others. So who cares about anything? So the 90s were horrible. Uh, because um, of the sanctions, uh, because of the poverty, and you know, that, that hate inflation.
1: You, that, that hate you described but that was there before nineteen ninety. Yeah, and how is that manifesting itself? I mean,
0: In narcissism of small differences. You know, um, it, it, it's it's most strongly seen with the Albanians and Serbs. Mm. This um, is
1: peculiar to what was Yugoslavia, do you
0: think? Yeah. Because they, in narcissism, you seek a small difference in, in the other person uh, to negatively define him or her, mm. because then you look better. And that's why Albanians and Serbs, they never lived together, actually. They lived side by side, which was not the case in, in Bosnia. And was not the case, actually, in, on that level in Croatia, it was provoked and fueled to, to, to seek for all the small differences and, and be narcissistic about it. And it was never the case in Vojvodina. I couldn't understand for years, why do you hate someone? When you grew up with Hungarians, Slovak, Rutanians, mm. Romanians, when you go to bilingual school like I did, half Hungarian, half Serbian, when you go to Catholic Church, and Orthodox Church and Jewish people. We had we had a, a great Jewish small community in Novi Sad. Then it's just I couldn't. I was watching. It and said, what is it all about? Mm. What what's wrong with you people? I mean, there is no difference between Slovak and me. Mm. There's no difference between Albanian and, and mine. But that was not the case for the majority. So that violent, revengeous spirit that I could sense was actually. The, the motive for me to be engaged in politics. I never thought of politics like something that I, I can deal with. Mm. And the second part was Zoran Djindjic who clearly, in one brief speech, pictured the future, the reality, how to cope with it. That was a man that was walking ethics. And uh, personally, he blessed my biography until he was murdered. And, and I think that I learned a lot through 90s in fighting for basic rights, Mm -hmm. it is hard, but somehow you feel like a, I don't know, a special person, because day by day, throughout all 90s, you fight against war, you fight for a basic right, you fight for fair elections, you fight Mm -hmm. for... freedom of speech, you fight in the parliament, you fight in the street, you've been beaten, you've been arrested, but you're fighting yeah. because that's the right thing to do. And a lot of people are there. And I think that, that actually assured me that what really matters in politics is fighting for the things you believe in, whatever the thing may be. And that's how we actually... Uh, won the election in in 2000. I gave birth to four kids throughout the the wartime. We we jumped ahead a bit because
1: I was asking you about physics. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm just intrigued as to what it was like Um, because you said you weren't married and you were pursuing physics and I sidetracked you a bit. But, But you had to go elsewhere to pursue what your interest was which sounds more like physics than politics at yep. that point yes so sorry to go back to that so what did you do then to try and pursue your dream of being a physicist
0: I've, I've, I've spent a few months in Zagreb and I spent a few months in KFK Institute in Budapest and uh, there were offers uh, for me to uh, to get job abroad uh, and then my father got ill he uh, got uh, cancer and then I, I went back home because uh, the, that decision is one of those you make on ethical level. Can I live with myself um, somewhere and waiting for the news that he's dead? Yeah. No, I can't. He's my father. And I want the time with him. And, and at that time, it's not that you know I exchanged that for four years of my career.
1: It's so he he would clear priority.
0: Yeah, 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 for seven years. It it was um it was a clear choice. This is me. Mm. This is my identity. This is what I want to do. And uh, after that I will I will deal with my career because that's something what 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 I decided very, very clearly and um that's how uh, I stayed in Serbia and uh, I lectured uh, physics until 1998 and then there was a law adopted in Serbia that you have to sign you will not be politically active or member of political party if you are working at university. Right. I said no, but no thank you. It was not about um, would I be very active endlessly in political party. Mm. It's about I don't allow you to humiliate me and to say you will be employed if you sign the contract that you will not be politically active. So so
1: you decided to be with your father when he was when yeah. he was ill, yeah. but were were teaching physics at the yeah. same time. You were at that point this is post-1990, was it or
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. It's between nineteen ninety 1990,
1: nineteen ninety five. Okay. So you were pursuing that career. So you were yeah. a member of a party at the t- yes. you said, joined the Democratic Party, yeah. but you we weren't that active up to the point where you were told you couldn't be a member of a party. Yeah,
0: uh, yes, I was very active. I, I, I uh, chaired the local branch in Novi Sad. I ran for a uh, provincial uh, branch in Vojvodina mm-hmm. and won against a man. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I ran for elections for provincial assembly of Vojvodina and I won. There were three candidates in second round. That was a kind of a a socialistic party invention not to have a position in the assembly, but I won. And my campaign was one of the first door-to-door campaigns in Serbia. It was winter. And I said, I want that constituency because I want to do door-to-door and show that if you address people, hmm. they will react. Hmm. I don't say that I will win because it was very hard constituency, traditionally socialistic. But eventually I did. So the the 90s were when I built my family, giving birth to my child, um, being with my father and trying to survive. Because, you know, in in time of hyperinflation, 1993, 1992, fall for 1994, you didn't have money, actually.
1: I was going to ask what that day-to-day existence was like in a country where you've got... Wars going on, sort of all around you at the time. How did you, you, you
0: survive? Did it,
1: did it affect you directly in terms of seeing seeing the violence or?
0: Oh yeah, it's um, y- y- you have to live through it to really know it. I, I don't think that it can be, except artistically, in movies, etc., really transferred as as an experience because you have, for example, 1993. I have. Uh, three small kids, and there are no milk, no flour, no meat. There, there's nothing to buy in stores. Absolutely nothing. They're empty. Everything is empty. Gasoline uh, was being in in bottles in some garages in you know black market. You don't have salary because when you get your salary at ten a.m., it's worthless in ten fifteen. Um, so you... And you
1: paid in cash, I'm assuming, were you?
0: Cash, only cash. So it was classical uh, part of robbing your own population because you're spending your savings. whatever you have, yeah. if you have it. And we spent our life savings at the time on um, on, 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 the, on my father. Uh, I smuggled. Medicine from Hungary because there were no medicine to buy in, in Serbia. So I said, "Okay." How
1: would you go about doing something like train. that? Train, right. so you physically train. had to go down to and get it yeah, and then bring it yeah, back.
0: Physically, so. and it was forbidden, of course. Mm. But uh, the alternative was to watch him being in pain. I can't. I couldn't allow that. Um, so that's um, and 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 the war is going on. And for example, in 1992, uh, you try to keep your life uh, on, on strings. And then you got uh, the call from the party that Vojslav Šešel is in the village of Hrtkovci, that is um, 45 minutes from Navisat, mm-hmm. with Ostoja Sibinčić, the famous war criminal. And they are expelling Croats by the list. You know, like, like Nazis. They have the list with the name and they're expelling people from their houses. And they are taking Serbs from uh, Croatia or Bosnia or wherever to get in their houses.
1: So they would, the army would physically come along and just pull people out of their houses?
0: Yes. And we sat in car, buy gasoline in bottles, mm. and went to village to fight. Say, no, you can't do that. You can't do that. And I said, we will shoot you. You shoot me. I saw movies where Nazis took Jews and others mm. I will not make that movie in my country. So the price is that you will beat me or shoot me, be my guest. That's that's what politics were all about. When you were doing... Who
1: was doing this? Who were you with, you know, trying to stand up to this? Friends from the party. So a group of how many people typically would go...
0: Advocates, law, lawyers, uh, engineers, right. students, you know, people who... we we the People who, who, who are not uh, trained... Yeah. to confront uh, criminals or whoever but it was not about them it was about the croats living in Hirtkotsi. and
1: you would so you'd physically have to sort of put yourself in between yeah the, yeah the, that was the the, soldiers and in the... all
0: the in all the protests that we held you put yourself between police and the people mm. that was the way we held all the rallies that we used to have in the 90s. That was Zoran idea. You must
1: have gone into that with a very strong thought that you could get shot.
0: Yeah. But that's what war do to people. You change your perspective. Uh, And you know that there are things that you have to do uh, in aim to live with yourself afterwards. Mm. I couldn't live myself hearing that they are expelling Croats from Hutkozzi and not reacting. And were you, were you able
1: to, to stop that, that yep. flow of people yep. going
0: out? Because they were phoning in the background. You know, that they were afraid. Uh, that was I had a, a short essay. They were not uh, ashamed or afraid of their own act to expel Croats from Hutkotsi. But they were very afraid that someone of us will take a picture of them and send to media, Western media. Uh-huh. So we knew that. And the funny part is that it was not the case with Ketkovsi, but the, the other village in, in Srem, we had one photo. The, there were no mobile phones with it. And it was broken. It didn't work. But we took it. And soon they see the photo, they stop the action because they were very, very much afraid that only a few of us knew it was broken. But that gives you, paradoxically, a kind of joy. You know, you monkey donkey, it's a broken photo, but you're running away. Ah! You, have to, you have to do those things. That's, that's how we, we started um, to fight that um, darkness on society mm-hmm. with humor. You know, you laugh at evil. And I understood that that's the only thing that evil is afraid of, that you will laugh. Being ridiculed. Yeah. Yes, they'll be ridiculed. So the protests that we held in 1996, and afterwards in 1997, the Alliance for Change, they were full of people Joyfully ridiculed all the objectively horrible stuff that was done by the state.
1: I, I mean, how how progressively did things get better? Because that day to day existence that you just described of not, yeah. you know, your money being worthless, not being yeah. able to buy, you know, basics, not being able to, able to get medicine—how long did that last? How 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 did things improve?
0: Well, in 1994. They they got uh, Dragoslav Avramovic as a governor of the National Bank. They expelled him, sucked him six months ago. And they stopped inflation because, you know, inflation is the cold-blooded decision in the state to rob mm. the population of, of currency of any kind, savings, etc. So that's how it started. Uh, but not with supplies in stores and uh, not with the gasoline and not with the Sanctions were on, um, but a, a little improvement uh, because you didn't have to uh, go to the green market to buy Deutschmarks and uh, having the, one way or another a regular life of your family. But uh, that's, that's how it, it got better.
1: Mm-hmm. And you were saying that at a certain point in, in ninety eight, you were told you would to yeah. the university being told, well, you know, you can't be active in politics. So yeah, at it, what point did you decide, I want to be a, a politician?
0: That um, didn't happen to me. It happened to a lot of people who were given... There was a famous group in, in law faculty in Belgrade in philo- Faculty of Philosophy who were expelled from university. Why, what was the
1: thinking behind that? Why, why did they not want people active in politics? Because it was so divisive
0: or...? No, because the, the authoritarian spirit in people, the sincere can't stand different opinion. Mm. It's like allergy. The sincere can't. Can't. They can't bear in mind the fact that there is some professor in law faculty in Belgrade who goes out the street or any free media at the time to say something critical about Slobodan Milosevic. It must not happen. Mm. Everybody should be silent. That's sincere in them. That's how... Authoritarian systems work because they think it's it's not allowed to do, mm. and uh, it uh, has harmed them as well as those people on personal level. But uh, I I had a, a quite a long period of decision making because I love physics. You know, it's beauty of science. It's um. And I love I love to teach physics. I love to play with kids. But uh, there are kids in, in primary school or students. But uh, it's a playground. It's not a science. It's, it's a really, really lovely. And I love to do it. And it was, will I go and stay? Or will I go and go and do something else? And that was the decision I made. So I knew that if I leave university, I will leave it for good. It's not that I will come back, etc. I will do something else, so that something else will be politics. And for quite a long period of time, I was not sure that that was a good decision. And then one of my professors of theoretical physics died back in 2009. And I loved him. He was a great guy, Bratislav Tosic. And he he actually learned me. He showed me everything of theoretical physics that a person can can uh, learn. And I went to the obituary, the commemoration, and there I was first time after almost ten years, and everything was exactly as I left it, and I understood that the decisions were good, because. However, in politics you have a lot of lunatics, a lot of scums, a lot of very, very bad people. But they are alive and they are fighting and they are changing. And that is something what I thought that would be been happening at university. And being in other environment, I realized that it just doesn't happen there, unfortunately from different reasons but it doesn't happen and in politics every day is a struggle every hour is opportunity for me to to do something new to find someone new to contribute to someone's life to change something it's you can you can feel the the, the possibility of change when you are involved in politics and that's that's why I stayed here.
1: And what was the point at which you thought right now, now I'm going into politics? What, what prompted you to, to move into politics?
0: Well, it was um, when we were preparing that elections in 2000, that we knew it was zero elections for Serbia, actually. We caught them stealing the elections in 1996. We uh, we had uh, very strong dictatorships and... and uh, a horrible time in 1999 after the NATO bombing and during the NATO bombing and afterwards. And we knew at the time that we had to work a lot that work of a politician that is not really visible to prepare who will control the ballots and to make strategies for the uh, years after Milosevic to reform the party, to be prepared for European-style dealing with politics, to make a list of what the Serbia is in 1999 or 2000, what it should be to measure. And it requires a whole person. And uh, that was the, the moment where I said, I can't do two jobs, I can't lecture physics and do... I'm not. I'm not a girl of two jobs, mm. so this is something what I want to do. And uh, the motive maybe was pathetic, but it it was sincere. Uh, I I started to work with women in Serbia uh, at, at the same time, 1996, 1997, and. Um, one huge group of women, from my party mostly, but from other parties as well, I held a kind of a workshop, information sharing. I don't know the name of the meeting, but... And then I said, girls, you look at your shoes. There is something about the shoes and the girls. What are you standing on? And they said, it's a, I don't know, wooden floor. I said, no. These are the, what you're standing on are the shoulders of the women we don't know who are dead. But we are here because of them. So what we are doing here, we are preparing our shoulders for the women that will come after us, who will follow after Milosevic is gone. And that's the name of our generation. And they listened to me. And they understood. That's what I'm doing. That's what I want to do. That's worth living for because that's something valuable not that anyone will know my name I don't give a damn or my role I also don't give a damn but I will know that my kids that were small at the time 1997 are from six to one year uh, but I will know that the world they will live in is something what I have to build at a time, the foundation for the world they will live in, and that's my engagement in politics, basically.
1: And how did how do, from from that moment, you know, how do, what what then what happened? How do how do you end up being uh, elected?
0: Well, we uh, we really worked very hard uh, to make DOS we didn't have internationals on our side. In the summer 2000, they asked us to boycott the elections on 24 September. America's first, but also Britain. So this is the international
1: community saying, "Don't no, justify he, these yeah. elections. You yeah. need to not stand at all."
0: So Montenegro boycotted the yeah. elections, but we had some two days. Uh, main chamber of the party, that I think, one of the hardest one that we had making decisions, what shall we do? We are not supported by internationalists. an internal party yeah. argument yeah. discussed about we're not supported We are not supported by, international, by internationalists. We are prosecuted by domestic power. Mm. So what shall we do? Do we know that we are doing the right thing? And the Zoran held a magnificent speech. It was... At the end of the second day, it was clear that it's now or never. So you do that. Um... And we actually organized everything for the elections. We organized DOS, Democratic Opposition of Serbia, and we actually, uh, as a party with other people, non-governmentalization, not, not only one, of course, but everybody, we actually made it happen. And uh, I won my seat in Provisional Assembly of Voivodina for the third time, and I wanted to stay there because it's five minutes from my home. <laughs> and then it was party decision that I should move to National Assembly to run for City National Assembly. I said, no, leave me there. It's who me who there. decided
1: that? This
0: was party. Yeah. They voted on that. I lost for vote <laughs> <Okay>. So
1: basically <laughs> was, they forced you. <laughs>
0: yes, it was 11 to 10.
1: Right,
0: okay. I said, no, I, I want to stay in Voivodina. There is a lot of work that can be done. Mm. Yeah, they were voting, and so I... I ran and um, I entered the, the assembly. And then, then it was, personally for me, uh, it, it's not another phase. It's most of the time the sense, my God, I was right. Because I was sharing the assessment that all of the 90s, we were one issue society, one issue state. You know, Sobodan Milosevic. Mm. That's one issue state. And I knew that once he is removed by elections, there will be eruption. There will be self-made agendas everywhere. And we have to be aware that it will happen because it will destroy us. It will eat people alive all the necessity and needs that people would have clearly defined in that self-made agendas throughout 2001. And that's exactly what happened. Exactly. But um, that work was actually um, quite exciting, you know. It's a, it's a, it's a part I could compare uh, privately. Um, I actually was very satisfied to change my decision not to marry from the 80s while I was traveling around because the man I met is, is, a, is a golden gift. I don't know, just sat in my lap, and the kids that we made, it fulfills you. It's, it's, you know, I used to look at them saying, well, I'm looking at my mortality. I am first generation of the ten to come. My God, what have I made? Look at that genetic material. They are beautiful. <laughs> so you feel satisfied and you know that you owe them because they, they were not asked to be born. Them or other kids in Serbia. So we wanted them to be alive. So we owe them a better future.
1: What did they think about you going to National Parliament?
0: Well, I have an anecdote with the, my youngest kid. She was in 2002, th- three and a half years, four years. And the anecdote is that the best girl for my wedding told me, Yenigut? she was phoning back home. And she got her on film, and she asked, where is your father? And my daughter said, "He uh, a job out, and where is your grandmother? Because my mother were helping. And said, she said, and where is your grandmother? She went to the store to buy some goods for us. Okay, where is your mother? She's on the second channel on TV. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually the life, because... At the time, it was very interesting to broadcast this assembly session, etc. But, um, as a politician, I knew that that private life of mine should be in dark. No one knows the picture, husband or kids. Nobody knows what they are involved in, their names, nothing. They are... Out of the public scene because I am voluntarily on public scene so you can do anything to me shame and blame game headlines whatever you want I don't care but they are protected and I was asked several times to have my family involved in campaigning you know it's a kind of beautiful picture Uh, mother and father and the four and library and a little candle etc I said no and they said, but the campaign masters they said that should be. I said, I don't care. If you don't want me to run, then I will not run. But my family will not be dragged in the public scene because they don't deserve it. They didn't choose that. And it's, even if they would say yes, I would say no. And a lot of politicians don't know the line. And that harms them, that harms their families, and that harms politics. Private is Private. Public is public. My finance, my uh, attitudes, my welcome everything should be in public and criticized. And I should be available 30, 60, uh, 365 years a day because I'm an MP. I have, don't have working time. I work 24 to 7, mm. 7 days a week. So I'm here because that's my choice, but they're not and uh, I, I'm very very stubborn uh, 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 on that and was
1: that I mean partly for Did, did, did you? I was going to ask whether that was partly for security reasons as well because obviously what you were saying about the Zoran's and everybody I've met who knew him described him as an inspirational figure oh. who became Prime Minister Absolutely and then was assassinated amazing. in 2003 I yes. think and did you there must have been continuing worries, concerns about security about, especially in the light of that assassination
0: um, you know The day it happened, we spoke in the morning and I had to go to Hotel Hyatt or whatever the name is. It was a UNDP conference and we supposed to meet, but he had to meet Anna Lind, the foreign minister of Sweden Sweden, at the time, yeah. yeah. So I was heading to the government building when I heard that he was shot by his personal secretary. And um, it, it's one of those moments like, like you're looking at movies that happen to someone else and all of a sudden you just have, this is reality, he's dead, he's shot. They killed him. Finally, they think they stopped him. And the very second Second, you think, now what? There is country to run. There are people around. They are frightened. They are terrified. We have responsibility. And you go to the government with all the people responsible in the government and the assembly and then to the party with fellow vice presidents. It was Zorozhikovic, Boris Tadic, and Tzedemir Ivanovich. We were his vice presidents. And... You go through the day just thinking what to do next. What are the steps? Who will do what? And then late evening comes and you realize, I haven't cried and the guy is dead. Mm. And I never, ever had the opportunity to really properly cry after him. And those days... I was the person who proclaimed state of emergency because Natasha Miji was president in act. And I I I ran the, the house. And um, the, the the pictures that stays in in, in in mind are people laughing because of the fact that he's dead. Radicals socialists. He's
1: a Milosevic supporters.
0: Yeah. yeah that's you know we despise that you could obviously see they're enjoying the moment and you can't understand why do you enjoy the death of a person what what's there to be to enjoy but you, you don't get it and i never get it and i, I just didn't get it um, and that time of in state of emergency there were a lot of pressure uh, not to, you know, shut down the democracy, which was not the plan or the case. We're not that kind of people. Mm. But what, what was really happening is that, oh, sometimes I say, he will fight you even from his grave itself, <laughs> the power of his spirit. What he delivered to Serbia by his death is that he's the first positive myth in our society. A true positive guy who obviously were doing good things. Didn't have intentions to do. Didn't talk about doing good. He did it. And uh, it was within the party it was horrible uh, what to do with the party. And uh, Actually, it survived with the presidential election when Boris Tadic won. And what I shared with him is that those votes in first round, to be very careful with those, it was um, 858,000 votes for the first round, so he entered with Tomislav Nikolić for the second round, I said, those votes are Zoran's votes. Those are people voting as... In admiration for him, be careful. Be very, very careful. It's not the vote for the party. It's not your vote. It's for him. And don't spend that energy that people show. It's a a once-in-a-lifetime moment in politics that you have such a a moment. And actually, uh, afterwards, we manage to stop radicals to form the government for three times. They were election winners, you know. In normal societies, when you win the elections, why didn't you form the government? Those yellow bastards don't let me (laughs) do the part. And the crucial things that stayed in the party, and I'm kind of a little proud of it, with Zoran and without him, is that we are the generation of politicians to resolve some centuries or decades old issues of society, once for all, not to transfer to next generation. So Kosovo, Hague, European integration, that's what we do. That's changing social agenda. That's changing everything in society. And actually we did it. Um, and um, nowadays, um ruling party doesn't want to hear, so I like very often to repeat is that they are political workers on my agenda and they have problems of identity and what they don't understand that it's good thing to have consensus in Serbia on those very very hard issues Mm. and um, life got better throughout 2000 and um, I had um, several times hard times in the party you know because it's easy to um, make a, a, a bubble of my credibility saying she's a feminist. So I stepped out in one of the meetings, says, "It's good that all of your members of the main board and presidents of parties sitting, because I have something to tell you, you are all feminists." I "No, mm, you sit down, I'm not feminist. <laughs> You are all feminists because you are fighting for equality, for rule of law, for modernization of Serbia, for equal roles of men and women in society. You are all feminists. And that's it. Now you can expel me from the party. But I leave the party full of feminists.
1: So this is the, the people running the, polit- the, the, the Democratic Party yeah. who you fell out with. Why?
0: Well, it's the party life. You, I never wanted to be a member of the small group or who party barons like to have around. I never liked that. And, so essentially um, you weren't doing what they wanted you to do? No. No. And I, I go very straightforward. And uh, I'm open-minded, and but with the open mouth as well. And I, I never lie in politics. And I am often advise that I will never have a career in politics because I don't know how to lie. It's a bit. I don't lie. End of story. And um, they don't like that profile of party member. Uh, But what's...
1: Because you're unpredictable or because you just argue with them? Or both? Both.
0: Both. Uh, And uh, that hard times, that... ...happened three or four times... but ...and then they gave up... ...because... Um, ...I said... ...you... ...I will show you... ...how to benefit... ...of what I'm talking about... ...with the people of Serbia... ...it's your benefit, not mine... ...I don't need that... ...you need that for a position... ...you need that to be in government... ...I don't... ...and um, it worked actually... And uh, uh, organising women forum also was very helpful because um, they they should step out for the first time back in 2004 and five clearly and openly, because they saw me stepping out. They didn't want to be like me. But, you know, when you take the punches on the, the first line, then for others are easier and that's that's my job to to be in the first line and take the punch on what whatever they want to 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 uh, remove me uh, from the party or from the influence of the party and um, the party was changing um, and the coalition with SPS, it was really dramatic within the party, but it was inevitable uh, and then when uh, When we lost elections in 2012, the problem of the party was, and that's what I shared in the the meeting on 20th May in 2012, is that in the party, there were very few people who has ever been in opposition. They were joining the government. And I said, this is the seed of risk for the party. Either we reform the party, in the very moment now, or we will have problems. And we had problems. And president of the party left us in the middle of the electoral campaign in 2014. That was the funny part.
1: Left how? Well, went to another party
0: or just disappeared? Yeah. He left. He resigned and left the party in the middle of the campaign.
1: To, to go to another party? or just no, to leave the party. 2014.
0: And that was... That was the moment, you know, sweet, sweet... Uh, fruits of revenge, where he left the party. It was a, a huge news, and our voters were confused. What What are you doing? It's an electoral campaign. You should. What are you doing? Nobody understood. And then party barons came to me and said, "How How we will How we will keep our voters together?" I said, "We will take women campaign." Oh, sweet, sweet fruits of revenge, and it, we really did. It was clear. Women Organizing Campaign and Women Issue Campaign mm. and it worked, we survived and then we, it worked again, not women, but uh, party strengthens throughout year and a half and then we entered the parliament again in 2016 and nowadays um, there will be four local elections in Serbia on 24th of December around 120,000 voters as a whole. Only three parties have lists. Ruling party, socialists and us. Nobody. Why, Why is that? Because we are in the phase that we ruined the idea of political party as as something that we used to know and love. Ruling party, they're not a political party. They are a group of the groups. And it's its fragile, it's trembling. It's—it's mm. it's not; They're not connected with ideology, with mission, with idea. It's purely, it's good to be in government, which I do not deny, but what are you doing in the government?
1: Yeah, what have you got power for?
0: Yeah. So you have three parties that are actually political parties in Serbia, Socialist Party of Serbia, mm. who are losing support as well because of the coalition, with the, they are eating their waters. You have radicals, Serbian Radical Party, which are gathered around the same idea as it used to be, mm. and you have us. And you don't have... And we are around, I don't know, 8%, radicals 6 or 5, socialists also 8 to 10 and nothing else, and it terrifies me because uh, that's the way to to really extract the values from society. If you would have as a role model a big party that eats fifty percent of the those who will go out and vote, it is a kind of a one million seven hundred thousand. It's not fifty percent of Serbian society, but I have. 350,000, so it's not comparable. Mm. Um, but they don't know what to do with that, all that power. So I am in, in, in campaigning within the party to do uh, Democratic Party 2.0, <laughs> uh, not to change the name of the party or whatever, but to promote political participation as a value and to promote participation of the people as a value and to change the way that we make decisions to open to the society to make them see how we make decisions how we elect each other what are the criteria oh. what's going on in political life how how it really happens and uh, uh, President uh, Drakashutanovic he agrees and he understands because he's a Dinosaur like me, and um, and we will we have to make that breakthrough uh, to really, you know, introduce a little health in in in, in, in life in in political social life. Mm. Otherwise, we are in limbo, you know. With 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 uh, if you have such a powerful group of people ruling Serbia, who actually don't know what are they doing. And if you have the European Union hesitating, then it leaves us in limbo, stagnation, mm. nothing. Uh, so we pushed, uh, I know Germans laughed a lot, because I pushed them to be easy on ruling party on some details and to push Serbia on the agenda for membership, with Kosovo ending in two thousand. Uh, 19, with closing chapters in 2023 and prospective membership in 2025 uh, and I was asked, why, why do you think that's good for, for you it's not about me it's not about ruling party, it's good for Serbia it will boost my uh, work on uh, let's, let's do politics, a proper one mm. That's that's the momentum.
1: And you, when did you become deputy speaker?
0: First time in 2001, it lasted in 2004, then in, in 2008, and since 2008, all the time.
1: Mm-hmm. And it, it, for everything you've described, it, it seems like you, you're seeing your mission to bridge that gap between the people and, and politics and the yes. political system. It, it, from what you just described, it's... The, the the common view seems to be that politics is something that happens to you, you know, as a person, rather than something which you're actively involved in. And, yeah. and everything that you've said suggests your your mission has been to to try and get people involved to understand yeah. what they can do. Yeah. And do you think? Well, how do you feel about the future now?
0: Um, as for Serbia, we are a kind of a crossroads. And um, politics in Serbia will decide. Will we stay periphery, not important to anyone, or really push the engines of society, get rid of agenda with Kosovo, get rid of agenda with Russia, and identify ourselves Mm -hmm. with ideas. This is who we are. We are modern European society struggling for economical success. And law and order everywhere. Education, healthcare, services, whatever. Mm. So the crossroads are there and those who have to make decisions are obviously the government and the president of Serbia. Mm. But if they miss the chance to do that, then the second chance must be created by people like me. You know, that's, the, that's the tone in politics. If you don't use the circumstances and environment that is, was made on different reasons, then you have to create the other one by yourself. And we missed the chance in 1990. That was a chance for Serbia to reform Yugoslavia, to be Czechoslovakia, Slovakia, whatever... We missed that chance. We missed the chance with Zoran Džičić assassinated. And now is the third time that we have a kind of a crossroads. Mm. Shall he miss the chance or not? I was not able to prevent missing the chance in 1990. I did everything I could not to miss the chance totally when Zoran was assassinated, and we didn't. Now I am in similar position, so it will be up to opposition and uh, some public in Serbia to put pressure on government not to miss the chance to jump over and turn on the engine of society.
1: you said earlier in i think it was did you say in two thousand and nine you went to your former mentors funeral, yeah, and you saw that. You know, no regrets at all no. uh, eight years on from that I'm assuming you're still feeling the same way that the, yeah. the, the, despite the difficulties the fight is still worth fighting
0: yeah because you know politics is, is the most creative job you can be involved because you are reality maker me and you sitting in this room we can make a decision concerning Jordan or whatever and it will happen in two years from now in six months from now in four years from now that will be reality. So we are producing reality. And what I am in lack of in politics is that you should be a a reality maker, but also a dream builder. And there are so little dream builders in politics all around the world. And I can see some of them, but I see like they are not brave enough to step out and say, this is what I dream about for United Kingdom, for Catalonia, for Crimea. For... This is my dream. Like, like, they think that they will be mocked. Or, I don't know, not being brave to dream. What? That's kitsch. That's stupidity. That's denying the, the, the humanity in humankind. And all around the world, you have politicians who are reality makers, but very few dream builders. And I, I want to encourage pe- people to dream, because you know, back in 2004, six of us signed a resolution on Serbia joining the European Union, because president of Serbia at the time, Zor- uh, Boris Tadic, he said, it's not popular for me to be involved. Okay. Government was run by voice of Kostunica. He doesn't like European Union. But people from his party and people from G17 and, them, and people from my party, we sat in the assembly and said, let's push them with the resolution. How we'll do it? We will do it with European movement in Serbia. Will they let us do? They think it's of no importance. <laughs> you know, resolution. Ah, those MPs do something. Let's do it. So six of us, different parties, made that resolution. We enlisted for the agenda. And it was adopted, 14 of October, 2004. That's reality-making. That evening, when the voting was over, I knew that my kids will be citizens of European Union. And a very few in Serbia even knew what has happened. But that's politics. And a week after... Everybody in different parties, in government, party barons, what have you done? What kind of resolution? I said, beautiful one. It's a beautiful one. And you could not withdraw that because the parliament voted. Why parliament voted? Because parliament thought it is of no importance. But that's sometimes how you make progress in politics. Mm. And... Then, in 2013, I voted together with Serbian Progressive Party for another resolution of accessing, because that was requirement uh, to European Union. And then I was looking at them, and I was looking the same faces from 2004, who were saying that I am yellow scum and a traitor and... A, Sir Schweber and the, I don't know, MI6C, because of the resolution. And they are voting with me for even harder wordings, because it's a resolution accession. And it's nine years. And it's a very, very short period of time. So that's what politics is all about. Uh, I would like to... Explain, make it clear to everyone that we don't have any other resource to drag back dreams in politics except to introduce and involve all the women in all the societies because they are willing to dream. And their dreams may, in fact, be contagious for the party, for the power people in politics, men all around the world. Because if we stop the process of dream-building in politics, then we are doomed. It will be, you know, like, not like earthquake, but like uh, sunset, Mm. dark everywhere. And I don't think that that is something what should happen or that I will allow to happen without fight.
1: I think that's a brilliant point at which to finish on that thought. Gordana, thank you very much indeed. That's wonderful. Thank you. Okay, glad you made it to the end. I hope you enjoyed that. We'll be back after Christmas with an interview with John Alderdice, now Lord Alderdice, former Speaker of the Northern Ireland Assembly, a key figure in the peace process and who has since used that experience around the world in trying to address the underlying causes of conflict in some of the most complex political environments. We look forward to seeing you then. And until then, Merry Crimbo and hope you have a great New Year. Bye.
0: Politics as Usual is brought to you by gpcovenants.net. Remember to subscribe, rate or review online. Thanks for listening.